On 1st of May last Sunday, Luxembourg celebrated the Labour Day. And this week on Local Matters, we focus on work and working conditions. These have been particularly difficult during the pandemic and even more during the pandemic for freelance workers. That's why today we have Daniela in our studio. She is the head of the company Languages.lu and is going to tell us a bit about the struggles for freelancers during the pandemic. Hello, Daniela. Hello, Francisca. I'm happy that you're here today. Um, Daniela Moraru, you're the head or the organizer of Languages.lu, a platform that offers language classes and um, you coordinate the teachers and the classes, I imagine, right? Yeah, so Languages.lu is um, a training institute that was uh, created in 2004. And um, as the name says, we focus on languages, but we also offer some soft skills training. And in addition to that, we also offer, um, you know, translations and everything around languages. Uh, like we we published a lot of materials to uh, teach yourself Luxembourgish, so self-study materials. And yeah, so everything around languages, that's our domain of expertise. Many jobs in this language teaching and teaching, but also in the creative industries, are based on this concept of freelancers, like graphic designers, language teachers, journalists and photographers, all these creative folk, I'd say. And I guess during the pandemic, it has been very difficult also because the state's aid was not available for everyone. How are your experiences or the experiences of your language teachers with the pandemic? First of all, I'd like to say that it's not just the creatives. You have also other uh, jobs. Uh, so, for example, uh, you have dance teachers, you have uh, electricians. I mean, a lot of people who, who deliver certain services work on this uh, type of uh, contract. I mean, contract freelance, uh, you know, independent under the status of independent simply because uh, there are less and less companies uh, dedicated to those fields uh, willing to hire. And it's not about uh, not willing to hire, but it's about uh, the fact that clients have certain requests. For example, they uh, they want, uh, for example, teachers, be it uh, dance teachers or informatics or whatever, languages. It's usually very specific uh, times of the day. So everybody wants at a specific time in the evening or at lunchtime. So it, it makes it a little bit more uh, difficult for uh, companies to hire. So uh, I think uh, in the in the future, I mean, if you really uh, look at what's happening with all the digitalization and all the uh, the changes, um, the technological changes, we we can say for a fact that in the future there will be more and more freelance people working under the status of independent. Because look also at, uh, at big companies; they outsource more and more services. They usually negotiate on missions. So they say, okay, I give you this project. So I don't want to know how many hours you work. You just deliver. They negotiate like really hard the price. And then you deliver me the product. That's it. Sometimes you have uh, indeed uh, creators who, who work on several projects really trying to meet uh, the ends of the month. The economy is changing so much. 
So if I come back to to our situation during the pandemic, you're right. We are really struggling uh, because from one day to the other, we saw a lot of our clients gone. Uh, especially corporate clients, which in our case was really like more than 70% of our clientele. We have some some teachers uh, who only uh, teach English business. They had no more clients. We had no more clients for them. What really worked uh, was, um, you know, support classes and tailor-made tuition for children and teenagers. That worked. But imagine all the teachers who are really uh, specialized in uh, companies, uh, all this vocabulary terminology that is used in companies. Uh, it's a completely different pedagogy uh, that you are using with adults. And you cannot uh, overnight transform yourself into a teacher for, for six to nine years old or teenagers because it's a different pedagogy. It's a different curriculum. Everything is different. So... Those teachers who actually uh, succeeded to have a full schedule were those who are used to teach to both target groups. So also children, teenagers, but also adults, because they simply switched and we were able to take in a lot more clients, for example, for German and and French, because these are the languages used uh, in the Luxembourgish system. This is actually quite interesting. Like to many freelancers in a professional training, It's always advised to specialize very narrowed, like to find a niche that you're good in and better than anybody else. And then now you say, okay, in this specific case, you had to adapt to the situation and find something else. Yeah, but not everybody was able or was willing to because it's simply you cannot transform overnight. It takes a lot of years of training and really teaching, you know, all this teaching experience that you need to have in order to be a good teacher for teenagers to understand the the psychology of, I mean, it's, it's really a lot. It's, uh, yeah, it's not anybody who could be a teacher. And that's also uh, one uh, downside of our uh, profession that you see a lot of people improvising themselves in uh, teachers. And you see a lot of people uh, advertising, for example, in the in the groups on Facebook, that there are children who are 16 or 17, they are teaching, they are giving courses. And of course, this is direct competition to, to teachers who actually have a lot of years of experience, you know. And then during the pandemic, I saw this kind of offer flourishing on Facebook. You okay. know, a lot of people who are not teachers, are not trained teachers, I mean, even very young people. And of course, I, I salute their entrepreneurial spirit on one side. But on the other side, they really harm the profession of teachers. It's like anybody starting to be a, a photographer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. just because you, you know how to take a photo. Okay, you're suddenly, you want to be a photographer and you sell your services as a photographer and then you go with your prices lower than anybody else to really uh, be able to, to get uh, clients. And, and that's a lot of, uh, you know, one has to really understand uh, what's going on in the market. And the situation is quite complex, I have to say. And indeed, you are right when you're saying that during the pandemic, freelance teachers did not receive anything. Even me as an owner, yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm also under this uh, status of independent, I only received the first year in May 3,500 euros one time. So they refused uh, our, actually, our request for the 5,000 euros for the company. So I cannot get that because they said that we actually we didn't have to close. But we did receive a letter when we were allowed to open again. 
So, okay, if I wasn't, <laughs> you know, I wasn't requested to, to stop and uh, no longer welcome clients in our offices or mm. teach, then why do you tell me when, I, when I'm able to, to do it again? So it really, it was such an illogical uh, way of looking at things. And the second year I received the same, the same thing. I think it was, yeah, it was 4,000 euros, but because it was based on my my payments, uh, um, you know, the, the payments that you, you pay every day at, at CNS, they calculated somehow that. So, but how can one uh, live with that amount? Yes, if you don't have some euros doesn't cover. Yeah, but mm. that's, that's a lucky situation because so I received this. Uh, so in 2020, I received in May uh, 2,500 euros, but most of my teachers, they didn't. The government said that they are not entitled to receive that because they didn't have an autorisation d'établissement, you know, uh, this authorization. But this is usually not requested for teachers okay. or so normally most of the freelance teachers, they don't have such yeah. an authorization. So but because that was one of the conditions that they put in the in the form, unless you had that, you are not entitled to any kind of help. Then, of course, they were not eligible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know this autorisation d'établissement, it is requested for founders of companies or for independent workers in many, many uh, circumstances, many professions, but in certain, like also these artists um, and journalists or these creative people and teaching people, they don't have to have it according to the law. Exactly. Exactly. So, so it was. There was so illogical what has happened, and also uh, I, I, I was really very upset. And um, most of us, uh, you know, freelance people, I mean, how can you change so much and manipulate so much the information? Because what the government did, the minister Alex Dallas, yeah, uh, he was constantly communicated, uh, communicating that he's giving a lot of help. He's helping those people who are freelance, you know, independent people and companies and that. And all the time, all the amounts that he was referring to were combined. But if you really looked at the numbers, you know, the, the amounts that actually went to freelance people were, were so, so minimal. But he was talking so much about it and really advertising so hard that even people around me, they asked me, but why do you complain so much? He's saying that he gave 166 millions uh, and you are still complaining. I mean, you people, you are not, uh, you know, you, are, you never have enough. And actually, I said, no, I, I know for a fact that most of the people I know, they didn't receive anything at all. And personally, I received 3,500 and people were just shocked when they, they heard. And I don't, I really like even in hotel business, uh, people who really struggled because they didn't receive, they didn't receive any of this help that he was advertising so hard. And I think this is really, really bad from them because it simply shows that he doesn't make the difference. He doesn't understand what it means to be uh, an independent. Uh, he cannot make the difference between, uh, you know, being employed in a company and receiving your chômage technique because you, you, you are entitled to that and being a, a freelancer and having no no rights, basically, no mm. rights. But you had to continue to pay your social security and all the, the other taxes without receiving anything. Okay. So shocking, shocking. Did in the end, um, do all the formal language teachers still work with you or did some in the end decide to abandon their jobs or their position? 
if I look at everyone, yes, everyone is still on place. Nobody, uh, but luckily for them, they they all had a, a spouse at home who was bringing a, a regular salary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the struggle is more or less behind us because mm-hmm. the corporate clients did not come back, did not resume their courses. I mean, very few that did that. So we are still struggling in uh, mm-hmm. in our profession. Uh, but yeah, they, I mean, we survived, let's put it this way. And I have to say that as a school, as a company, we we had a good situation simply because uh, I have diversified our activity. You know, we have also this translation and we have the, uh, the publishing part. And having had those two other uh, activities actually helped us. We even had a positive, I mean, we had some uh, benefits at the end of 2020. Uh, we are like more than 25,000 at the end of the, of the year, even though we, I gave, you know, like for each one, I gave uh, some, um, a little help uh, from what I could, I mean. But uh, we did have a situation, but not because of the teaching part but mm-hmm. because of the translation and the publishing part. Okay. Well, then uh, let's hope that everything gets back to normal again for you. And I wish you and your company good luck for the future. Thank you so much. And I just wanted to mention, because we were really uh, struggling, we, we actually, I started a, a petition in May uh, 2020, and I was trying to really get this um, this topic on uh, on the table of uh, the government, I mean, to, to get the 4,500 uh, signatures. Um, in order for, for this topic to be discussed and debated in, in the parliament. Uh, I unfortunately uh, didn't um, manage to get the 4,500 uh, um, uh, signatures. But um, what I did as well is that every every day during that campaign, um, I was presenting a different freelancer. Um, from different uh, a different profession, it could be somebody who's a um, masseur, uh, you know, just giving massages, or a dance teacher, or uh, you know, just just trying to to give you know to put a face actually, because people very often think of independent people as being rich people, uh, like doctors and lawyers. This is what I was told by many, even uh, political uh, people, who told me, yeah, that's why we we don't really think about you because. When we think about independent people, we think about lawyers and and doctors who make a lot of money. So there is no need for this kind of help. We don't hear you. So if we don't hear you, then, of course, we think everything is great. And that's why I did this petition. And uh, but unfortunately, I didn't succeed. But just to say that this needs to be uh, put back on the table of uh, discussion at certain point, because in the future, this situation will not um Uh, decrease. On the contrary, it will become a bigger and bigger problem. So it's not just about me and about my teachers and about languages.tele, but it's about really the changes that are taking place in our society. And uh, so, yeah, thank you so much for inviting me and for for really uh, yeah giving visibility and uh, creating awareness about this uh, topic. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That was this week's Local Matters on work and working conditions and if you missed a part of the series you can listen to all of them on our podcast on rcityradio.com.